Um, but one thing that the pro-life movement is movement is about is supporting vulnerable women. Senator Rubio has proposed the Unborn Child Care or a Child Protection Act that would essentially give child support from the moment of conception. Is that something you'd consider it would force states to force men to give women what they're due from the moment of conception? These men, look, most of these women do not want to have abortions. We are creating a death sentence for women, and I will not support this. That being pro-life means for the whole kit and caboodle. So we've expanded postpartum medical care for poor women to a full year uh, after they have a child. We've also done things to advance options for foster care and adoption. After fierce debate yesterday, the Florida House passed a six-week abortion ban. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed it into law last night, replacing the previous law which banned abortion after 15 weeks. Keep your sanctimonious opinions for your own family and stay out of mine. Welcome back to Why Are We Like This, the podcast that treats Florida like the active crime scene it is. I'm David Quinones. I am your host, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Tomas Kennedy. What's up, Tomas? Uh, you know, uh, this is no longer a Florida-centric podcast. Uh-huh. No, unfortunately. Gravity is shifting. I'm getting the fuck out, y'all. <laughs> we are going to have to have a conversation about the general tenor and tone and mission of the podcast moving forward. No, we, but congrats to our homie yeah, Tomas, who's, who's, who's making his way up north. Yeah, we're still going to attack the Florida fucker. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still mission-driven, baby. Because I don't really yeah. know much. <laughs> it's just, just a lot of remote work now. It's a professional yeah. managerial class, would say. And we're sitting here um, in person, probably for the last time for a while uh, together. Of course, Gerald, my other, co- back. my other co-host, is uh, up in New York, and pretty soon, him and Tomas will be far closer um, than 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 we are right now. Hey, Gerald, how are you? I'm doing well. The gravity is shifting. Uh, the poles are realigning. Um, like every active crime scene, eventually you say, "Okay, I, I, I think I, I think I get it," and then you can go back to the lab. You don't need to hang around there all day. Yeah, we're going to another active crime scene though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh brand yeah. new. <laughs> but you, you guys, I don't know. You guys are like. You guys are like kind of changing my mind. I'm thinking about like I'm thinking about going back to New York as close listeners to the show. No. I, I've been. I lived. I spent the first 14 years of my life there. So uh, I don't know. It's a different place now. Um, every time I go back, it feels like uh, like walking into a West Elm or something like that. It feels different. Sell and go. I, I would say, <laughs> it's been, even before the prices shifted, where uh, unheard of that Manhattan would have a lower cost of living than like even like Brickell, but that's where we mm-hmm. are now. Um, there are ways that Manhattan suck. Every I would say every way that Manhattan sucks, Miami can suck in that way also. But especially in the last year and a half, there are ways that Miami sucks that that I just do not see it in Manhattan. Like there are unique uh, poisons brewing, which I guess we'll get into today. Um, the just not the gravity is shifting, as, yeah. as you said. I I sold my car and it feels so. Fun it's great. Me. It's lovely. Yeah, as you you say that as you were like. <laughs> angry text messages to us about your uber driver yeah. <laughs> but no. that's more of a byproduct of my own. but the thing is i don't even need to uber really over there. i can just take the fucking train yeah. and like a bus so in, in honor of this you mentioned gerald that we are wearing um you know yes. new york apparel I, i'll say this i i was uber reliant when i was living in miami 
Um, Tomas can confirm. I never wanted to say anything, but since we already said it in the text message, I can 100% confirm that the Uber driver is in Miami. <laughs> there were many times where I had to apologize to people, and I didn't want to just blame the Uber driver because it sounded like making an excuse, but like it is 100% true. Uh, just the fucking cars, I'm done. So we have a, a list of some topics to run through today uh, in the next uh, hour or so. But the one that I kind of caught and didn't have time to throw into the um, into the notes for the episode was one that just came in from The Real Deal, which is sort of, if you don't know it already, it's like a, a real estate website that operates in some yeah. key markets, including Miami, including New York, speaking of which. Um, Sotheby's Realty in uh, Sotheby's Realty in Element Out as Art Basel Miami Beach sponsor. So Element is a company that is, um, you know, uh, run by a by a, a man a, apocryphal by that by that guy's by the the titular Element who I guess is pulling out, and there are some rumors going on around whether or not this has to do with um, some sort of like political reasons or some shit like that. I'm just wondering how it's going to affect the cocaine because like that's what you can always like expect out of out of Art Basel is you know, some good yeah. toot. And, yeah, good drugs. And I mean, they're losing their, their key sponsor here. Element is going to leave. I don't know if that's going to affect the quality of the product uh, at the, at the event, but um, there's really no other good reason to go to Art Basel in my experience than, drugs. than to just do the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought that the art, the art was there as background for everything else that you were going right. for. It's a I mean, tone setter. Which, you know, listeners can go back to the an early episode of, of this podcast. It's really just about money laundering more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Yes, it's, exactly. Yeah, and then and then there's the drugs and then there's the art. Yes. <laughs> the real business <laughs> the real business isn't the art. The real business is barely even the drugs, yeah, yeah, although I'm sure yeah. there's a yeah. good trade it's just being moving them. like it's, millions and millions of dollars on right. like a fucking painting. Yes. Yeah, there are the hustles you're invited yeah. to and the hustles you're excluded from, basically. It's one or the other. <laughs> Just like buying a, 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 you know, a Gogan and like getting it home and there's like just piles of cash taped to the inside of the framing and stuff. Both literally and metaphorically. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Sotheby's, I don't know why I had Art Basel on my mind, maybe because of everything that's been going on in um, sort of its annoying West Coast cousin, which is Burning Man. Obviously, uh, not this is not a uh, northern Nevada podcast, but it just thought it was kind of funny what was but happening. It is funny. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> uh, so we're going to run through a few um, news and notes just to catch up on things. And then I, I wanted to have like kind of a discussion, a more main topic discussion about like, <sighs> I think it's appropriate with Tomas and his, 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 uh, you know, departure. Like the, you talked about this a while back on one of the episodes that we, that we did where you were just talking about like, I don't even remember if you were talking about the whole country or specifically Florida, but just like the tone. I and mean, we talk a lot about like, um, practical real things like like tangible policy and political shit but you were talking you had made you had made mention of like people are meaner and people are just like shittier and have gotten bad and uh i wanted to try to have a conversation about that in in the frame of like like the presence of you know first of all like uh, the the leader of the proud boys the proud boys very much have like their um their home down here or you know they, one of their leaders was stationed here uh right. and was a local here um, so I wanted to talk about that, like the, the shittiness of the people kind of and the way things have gotten worse. And maybe you can give us like a little postmortem on like what you've seen, because you've you've probably been in Miami longer than any of us. So like yeah. that might be something we can talk about. I mean, yeah, I've been here since 2000 with, you know, I've moved and right. moved and come back, moved and come back. 
I mean, I, I was actually talking about this with somebody who, you know, I respect their opinion. I think they made some good points, but I don't know if you saw that um, the Miami Dade School Board was trying to reinstate uh, Pride History Month. Right. You know, the person was saying like, oh, this is just like another fucking like liberal, like symbolic thing that right. doesn't actually address any like true systemic rooted like deficiencies, you know, for like LGBTQ students and just students in general. Like it's not actually something programmatic that's going to materially benefit it's people. very ceremonial. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and I, I valid point 100 percent. But also I think it's like important, you know, because th- that comes with a bunch of like curriculum, you know, things that like you know, acknowledge LGBTQ people, LGBTQ history, LGBTQ education. So I do think it's important, but, but I think almost most importantly, the fact is that like, I think two or three years ago, the Miami Dade school board actually like approved LGBTQ history yeah, month. So it's right. a thing that we had that when it passed wasn't controversial right. and now it's been taken away. And now that, that's never a good sign. And it was taken away because of the don't say gay bill, because, you know, elected officials at the school board are afraid of being removed by the governor or whatever. But like, it's just it's just bad. Like it's a bad sign that something was, inst- you know, like in- instated with no controversy and then taken take, taken away. They tried to reinstate it last year, they couldn't, and they tried to reinstate it this year and they couldn't. And Gerald, you're actually in Miami. Remember when it was heard uh, and we were out drinking yes. <laughs> in uh, Tropical, and we we're listening to some of the commentary. And I was listening to some of the commentary this year, and it was so fucking vile and mean. Yeah. Again, this is something that two, three years ago wasn't controversial two years ago. Yeah. But last year and this year, it is. And it's just mobilized all this, like, hate. vile, disgusting people in our community who are so hateful, so homophobic, so reactionary, so right-wing. And I, I guess I and should. Where the fuck did these people come from? They were always there. They but were like, always but there. They, something, like, sparked them into action mm-hmm. and, and radicalized them for the worse. It's the, it's the last two years, yeah. My mom, uh, well, my brother's trans. So obviously my mom has a trans son who is not me. Um, all through the 2010s, her friends would only ever ask, uh, how's Brayden doing? Um, and it's only in the last two years that they have taken it upon themselves to, oh, can you believe what they're doing with the trans kids and the, the surgeries and it's groom, you know, all everything that they never, they never used to say this in the 2010s. It's only since I'd say summer 2021, the Matt Walsh movie, um, the sports, the, you know, wherever they can feel like they can get a wedge. Um, and now with pride, people who should know better, if you're listening to this um, and you know me personally, you know who you are, you know better saying that the L's, the G's, and the B's don't want anything to do with the T's. Um, and the most obvious high school bullying tactics I've ever seen, um, that people, you know, like they just came out of thin air two years ago. When you, right. you And then to have the gall to ask, oh, how's Brayden doing? Um, this is recent, and that there's a brazenness to it that I feel, like you were saying, Tomas, it's, is, is LGBT month going to actually materially better you know like no but it does feel like negating it is a first step towards something even worse um and you don't you know you don't need to peruse michael knowles's youtube channel um to know what that is i mean they they want basically to roll this back and they feel they will whatever like with roe v wade they will move step at a time step at a time step at a time whatever step they feel they can take they will take and then it's on to the next step so i feel like Making it, making this controversial and then 
a non-event is the first step towards something else. Yeah, you know, and it's part of this just like scarcity mindset that again is so prevalent in our society and and, and politicians, you know, and stakeholders who have power, you know, weaponize that, you know, to turn people against each other. It reminds me of, you know, speaking about New York, Eric Adams, right, who was like recently talking about like, oh, these migrants and the migrant crisis is going to change the character of New York and, you know, our city's being destroyed by this. And it's like, bro, no, like there's solutions, there's resources, like do your fucking job, like help these people. You know what I mean? Like, just do your fucking job. Like stop being such a pussy, such a like a negative person and stop scapegoating people. But that type of rhetoric from people in power who should know better, like, again, take like, it, it, it pulls out of like people like their worst, you know, like angel, you know, like the worst demons, you know, it's and, a mob, it's a mob mentality. Yeah, it's yeah. a, you see somebody else in front of you. That's do that's, that's jumping in, that's running in, that's, that's got their arms and their, their fists flailing. And you're like, Oh, I guess it's okay. It's all right. I want to just get this fucking vile fucking yeah. bile out from inside of me yeah. and start swinging too. Yeah. And it's we're permission. Talking, and we're talking about the Proud Boys and Enrique Tarion, like, fuck those people. But, like, the reality is, like, it's much more institutional than that. It's DeSantis and the fucking assholes in the Florida legislature and Kevin Cabrera at the Miami-Dade County Commission and fucking Joe Carollo and, like, all these fucking assholes at local, state, you know, Municipal, a, a, a and, municipal yeah. government who are like riling these people up with like horrible policies, horrible rhetoric, distracting them from the fact that their lives suck. There's no fucking services for them. The quality of life is declining while these people are grifting. Yeah. And we have a, you know, feckless, impotent opposition in the Florida Democrats that's not able to, you know, metastasize anything to oppose it. And yeah, of course, people are going to get fucking nasty because they're frustrated about their lives, about their income, about their quality of life, about their prospects, about their community. And you have all these fucking assholes in power riling them up. So yeah, it's a, it's a bad, it's, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a bad, it's a bad stew. <laughs> the culture line is, I think like that Andrew Breitbart line of politics is downstream of culture. I think that is probably the most useful line for any oligarch, any, you know, um, master of the universe, whatever you want to call them, to basically reroute any post-2008 anger towards cultural issues. That That is like a song to them, where actually make it a question of culture, not economics, because questions of economics threaten our power and our hold over the institutions that are waging these wars on your lives and livelihoods. Um, I think it's one of the, you know, more nefarious um, things that I've seen in the last 15 years. Um, but, you know, we, we've covered it at length. Um, I remember, um, what was it, when we had Ida Eskomani on to talk about how every culture war is secretly, not so secretly these days, the class of war. <laughs> They're pretty bracing about it these days. It feels like giving them too much credit to call it secret now. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of this stuff feels uh, very cryptic to me. And I, we'll get to that in a moment when we get down to that to that main topic of, like, the 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 tenor and the tone of the way people it's shit is just meaner. And there are like these groups at play. Uh, you talked about the Miami Dade schools meeting um, from the, we're recording Friday. It was two days ago. And, and I want to talk about that too, but first I think we should check in with um, the figurehead for this movement, our own governor, who I don't think we talked about that much last week. Did we Jared? Um, and, and, and he's running a presidential campaign. Did you guys know this? 
He's running for fucking president. What? It's crazy. <laughs> and um, apparently, I think it was you, Jared. We don't, sh- we don't talk about that enough. Shared <laughs> yeah. shared this in the chat uh, on on um, I think it was on Laura Ingram's show or who, whose show was this? Was he with? Oh yeah, yeah. Haley McEnany, I believe. <laughs> same shit, all the same person. Yeah. Um, it's sick that I know them by face now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's that's a problem. Like you shouldn't be able to identify these. They should be interchangeable. Yeah. Um, the burning my psyches. Your brain, your brain is rotting, rotting and yeah. poison. Um, no, but uh, one of his uh, lesser talked about policy platforms or planks of his planks of his platform are, um, I guess, that he's gonna po- he, he he posits that we might have fewer abortions if men had to pay child support from the moment of conception, which just kind of like tickled my brain in a weird way. And I will. It's just like, <laughs> he is so weird, bro. Like he's just, what a way to make your already untenable and highly unpopular, unelectable position with broad segment of the American electorate, even more weird <laughs> even and unpopular, like more alienated, like, yeah, yeah, more alienating and strange. And like, how would that lead to fewer abortions? I really don't think it would. Like you know, that I, I moment just, when you're just about to yeah. like go raw and you're thinking to yourself, like, oh my god. Yeah. But the, I just don't see the I don't I don't get it. I don't see the connection. It's just very like it's just I'm not even talking about the merits of the policy. It's just a very strange thing to say on like <laughs> on like national mainstream news channel. Yeah. Gerald, I think that's a good point, is that like the one thing is to like laugh at this this gap this clear gap stupid fucking thing like why but like why wade into this like why talk about this i i I have no clue um at the debate well that was the thing at the debate they kind of gave you a four minute rundown of their abortion playbook and nikki haley started with things we can meaningfully achieve in the short term and then uh we need to make it a state's rights issue by then, Mike Pence said, well, what if Illinois decides wrong? We need the federal government to <laughs> intervene. Mike Pence said, no, this is a moral issue. We need a federal, you know, basically giving you the whole playbook. And then here comes Ron being like, fellas, it's time to step up with your wallet. Like, I, I straight up do not get it. Money where that ass is. <laughs> yeah. Where that dick is. Like, the... the, the, the the paths that our discourse takes to land at some of these things, I guess is really so what I wanted to talk about. Like why we're, why it's such a. You're like, running for federal office. What bill is Congress going to put on your desk? That's getting like boys <laughs> to pony up to people who are they apparently not ponying up to, which is weird also because that whole like based groiper manosphere that he panders to, they think there's a matriarchal agenda against them to bleed them dry of money through pregnancy. And he's so, basically undermining all that by yeah. saying, actually, the fellas have it a little too good yeah. being able to just cut bait. So like, it's so, I, well, well, I, I saw there, it, did, I was like so confused. Guys, help me re- re- refresh <laughs> my memory because I don't think we talked that much about this on, on the show, but like he also signed a law that had to do with alimony, right? That like limiting alimony for, for, do you guys remember this? He, he, he wrote, he, he signed something in the yeah. law that said basically like, uh, you know, divorcees are off the, off the teeth after a yeah, while or something. It, like it that. was like some dumb, like men's rights, yes. like alimony law that yes. like pissed off rightfully. So yeah. Like divorced women all across the yeah. state, like, like 
a lot. You yeah, know? it's the opposite of harm reduction. Like somebody's yeah. going to be. Like this it's a stupid law, but somebody's yeah. going to be hurt by it. Yeah, like it there was, will be women that are that pay the price. For no, it. yeah, it's a ter- it's a bad law. Yeah. Like and it was a bill that like Joe Gruders, who's the state senator and the former Republican Party chair here in Florida, had been trying to pass for like years, like mm-hmm. years, because um, he's just like a dumb guy. Um, and like the Republicans wouldn't touch it for a long time because again, like divorced women are still like a huge constituency for them as well. And they like mobilize fiercely against it. And I don't really understand why, but like he signed it into law. Yeah. I think last session uh, or, or the one before that, yeah. and it really just pissed off a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. As, as we go down the list of um, catching up with Ron, he was making the media rounds. He was on Dave Rubin and he, <laughs> he was complaining, whining about the quote symbiotic relationship between the corporate press and Donald Trump. Uh, and this is from Florida politics who, covered who took the time to listen to an episode of Dave Rubin. So fucking good for them, I guess. Um, uh, Florida, Florida governor has had his fill of what he calls colluding between corporate media and Donald Trump during a Rubin report interview. DeSantis uh, ripped operatives from the Trump campaign, quote, whining and dining corporate journalists from NBC, New York times and the, the Washington post. If you hear a smile in my voice right now, as I'm reading this, it's because I'm kind of remembering. So whiny. The, the, it, yeah. First of all, it's so whiny. Second of all, it's when Trump's team handed out, um, like a bunch of like pudding cups, yeah, yeah. pudding and cups, the, just single cards with just hilarious insults yeah. at, at DeSantis. <laughs> I, I, Thomas, I wanted to throw this at you because, like, you were the one that flagged you on Twitter. People can go back and see you were one of the people that flagged that DeSantis has his own little crony press yeah. or list list of, of yeah. little freaks, Florida yeah. Voice or whatever. That yeah, uh, yeah. I, I wrote that expose revealing that uh, Brendan Leslie, Florida's Voice, takes. Uh, Payments and undisclosed payments, right? Puff pieces for all these like GOP fucking politicians in this yeah. state. What's he complaining about? He's got uh, his own it's fucking also press like, court. bro. Like beyond that, like it, it's it's different, right? Because I mean, and Trump does it too. DeSantis largely stays away from the mainstream press and just funds his like own pay-to-play operations. Mm-hmm. But like what he's basically complaining is what every single political operative or campaign does, which is like. They go to like a journalist and they're like, hey, I, I got a little something on the on, on the opposition. If you want to publish it? You're interested? Yeah. And as a journalist, you're like, yes. fuck yeah. Like yeah. You, their job is not to ask why. Their job is just to be like, okay, let me see. Here's a story. Sure, I'll write it up. But like they do it too. And it's just so whiny. Like, bro, like you're just crying to because you're losing by like 40 and 50 points. And no matter what you do, like you're tied with Vivek Ramaswamy or losing to (laughs) Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley. And the worst part of this is that he's doing it during a Ruben report interview to like one of like the most annoying, like whiny grifters in like the right wing, like ecosystem, Dave Rubin, like just pathetic. It is maybe it's just because I've been binge watching it. I can't look at Ron DeSantis without seeing Kendall Roy anymore. Like just a guy who like if you left him if you left him to his own devices, just would could not hack it. And his best attempt would like probably like get him lit on fire. Um, if you look at the comment section at Newsmax, they call him Deep State Ron. That's not because okay. that's not that. because Donald Trump is feeding goofs and spoofs to MSNBC and the New York Times, okay? The the media outlets that flipped on you, flipped on you because they know where the North Star is. And it's not you, Ron. That's why no one la- tried to take a swing at you in the debate because they'd be punching at air because there's nothing there to yeah, hit. Yeah, punching down. Like, I was they, reading this Washington Post thing that I share that, like, 
Ron DeSantis was quote unquote apoplectic at like Jeff Rowe, who's like the the, the grifter that like runs the never back down pack. I love when, like, I love every once in a while when your like Ron DeSantis impression sneaks into what you're saying and you're like you think I'm squeaking. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe it. Whatever. But, see, and it's like, he, he, you know, he, he was, like, blaming the leadership of the pack for, like, you know, like, his plummeting, you know, imploding, like, polling numbers. And it's like, no, bro. Like, yeah, I'm like, yes, like, you have surrounded yourself by incompetent grifters, but that is on you. And, like, they, that's not even the problem. Like, the Trump camp- campaign, like, full of incompetent grifters. Like, Democratic campaigns on the other side, like, from the federal state level, all grifters, and sometimes they win. Like if politics is full of grifters, left, right, center, bro. It's you, like you yeah. are the problem. Yeah, it's an even playing field. It's a you're, horrible playing field, but it's, it's even. You're all yeah. playing on the same field. Yeah. Like, you are just weird and a freak, and yeah. not a good freak. Like nobody wants anything to do with you outside from this state of weirdos and freaks, right. and not good weirdos and freaks. The rest of the country took a look at you and they said, "No, thank you." <laughs> It's, it's it's ridiculous. Like there are still holdouts too. I mean, there's still. I I I don't want to like. I don't even really feel like kicking them. But like like it's like Chris Nelson type people. It's so weird to encounter them still on Twitter, <laughs> and you're like, oh, but like that's so weird that you're like a, just you're like hey, you're like a, a lost causer. You're yeah. still with this. And thing? it's so weird because like, like, bro, like I I hate Trump. Honestly, I would I would never vote for Trump for real. Like I think he's repulsive. But like you know, I, I can get in the mindset. And if I was a right wing, like piece of shit like that, if I had a choice, you know, if I'm yeah. Chris Nelson, I'm like Trump or the Santa's right. baby, I'm going to Trump. Like, that's where the fun is. That's where the juice is. Yeah, yeah. That's where the juice is. It's just so weird. Like, come on, like time to jump ship. The rats have like scattered, like, you know, a long time ago from, from, from that campaign. And like, I'm sorry, I know it's early, like, no, it's not turning around. Like, yeah. like that baby bird is not leaving that nest. <laughs> I would bet money that a lot of the people who say they're voting for Ron DeSantis, if you gave them the choice to vote for Bobby Kennedy Jr. in the Republican primary, would jump ship for him. Like, I think that he is probably not even the, the number one choice of his primes. Yeah, the Venn diagrams like that. Like, yes. There's like a heavy 50% overlap. It's like, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. The, the things that are important to them, the weird, like, freedom category shit of like, like, Oh, I should be free to, you know, spread disease or whatever. I don't know. All the weird libertarian psycho shit that they, they have a lot in common there. Mm. Um, but you guys see that, that, that RFK is getting a little disenchanted with the, with his um, democratic party that he says he's the what? most. Yeah. He said, he said he's, he, I, I don't know. Something came, I don't follow this shit as, Look, as closely, I can but like, for different reasons, <laughs> different um, analysis, same conclusion. Yeah. We could go down a road with that, but let's, yeah. let's, let's keep it on DeSantis. Cause the only other thing I wanted to mention about him was, um, you know, when we're, we were remiss, I don't know, maybe Jared, maybe we like recorded right before this happened, but, um, the Jacksonville shooting was obviously, uh, you know, something that dominated the headlines down here, uh, was sadly just more of the same. I mean, like, I don't know how, how we index in terms of the mass shootings, but we have to be on the higher end of it in Florida. Um, it's just like incredibly easy to get a gun here. It's incredibly easy to carry out one of these horrible things, uh, hor- horrible um, actions here. It seems to happen all the fucking time here. Uh, but, you know, DeSantis obviously was being monitored for his response, which included a very embarrassing meeting uh, in front of front of the show, Angie Nixon and um, other uh, members of the community in Jacksonville who were pretty visibly 
like insulted. I think if you yeah. saw the video, if anybody saw the video, insulted to have this guy turning this into a fucking campaign opportunity. Yeah, like, don't even fucking go. Like, so why don't even pretend? Like, don't even pretend. Yeah. Um, and then a few days later, uh, this is from NBC News. Ron DeSantis erupts at audience member who blamed him for the Jacksonville shooting. If you have been on Twitter, uh, you've probably seen this already, but Florida Governor Ron DeSantis engaged in a heated argument Thursday with an audience member out of a news conference who blamed him for the recent racist mass shooting that killed three black people in Jacksonville. The news conference, which was, which was in Jacksonville, had been scheduled to highlight Florida's protections against COVID-related mandates. Yeah, more bullshit. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to like mention that, first of all, because we hadn't talked about the Jacksonville shooting and it, it obviously bears mentioning, although it is, again, a problem without without apparently without a solution because there's no political will to do anything that'll fix it. But also just to you know kind of catch up on you use the word feckless, ineffective, pointless fucking, um, you know, governorship of this this guy who who won governor to become to try to run for president, basically, and has been completely ineffective at anything else. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you fix it. I mean, you have to stay with a lot of guns, easy access to guns, increasingly easy access to guns. With, you know, fewer regulations of how you have to handle and carry yeah. the guns. But aside from that, it's not just the guns; it's like the the culture, and the culture. environment, and you know, like it's a violent place where with violent rhetoric. And I think that's why the person who confronted the governor, like, is a fully within their rights, you know. But also just correct, like, yeah, like the governor has, you know, fostered this environment where, you know, Nazis do feel, you know, like emboldened, welcome, yeah. emboldened to march, you know, every other week, you know, and, you know, like all this shit is happening in this state for a reason, bro. So like, I commend, I think it was a veteran, right? Like an Air Force veteran. I commend that that veteran, that person from, for confronting the governor, you know, and telling it like it is in his face and not backing, ironically, not backing down. Yeah. I mean, yep. every opportunity I've seen he's been given to disavow Nazis that are flying their flags next to the DeSantis flags outside Disney. He tre- oh, non-event, who cares? A few a few bad eggs. And then when the shooting happens and there's swastikas on the gun, he calls him a scumbag, not <laughs> a Nazi. It's, it's, at a certain point, it would be better for him to just say nothing. It would be better to just not speak there if he's going to whitewash it like that. I agree. I think so. Um, as we talk about some of the manifestations of this rot that we're talking, this like decline, this degeneration, uh, I, I want to transition again to that main topic we teased at the beginning, which is um, let's back into the Nazis, right? And the way that I think we can back into the Nazis is by talking a little bit about a prominent, uh, another prominent Miami media person down here who is going to be spending the next 22 years behind bars. Enrique Tario? Uh, no, maybe the next year and a half. <laughs> you think he's got some guy's a fat. Wait, I, okay. No, this is a good one. All right, hold on. Put a pin on that. Uh-huh. Okay. So during the... Okay, sure. I'm, sure, I'm you're right, get you're right. So we're talking about Enrique Tario, who for a while was, um, you know, labeled as the leader of the Proud Boys, the, you know, right, far right militia gamer group. I don't know what the fuck they are, but th- that was started by Gavin McGinnis years ago. Um, on like a bachelor party or some shit in, in, in Manhattan. Thanks a lot, New York. And uh, and um, so fast forward, whatever, ten years, and the the uh, the the leader of the Proud Boys is this guy Enrique Tario, who lives not far from here. Lived not far from here. Um, 
From the New York Times, ex-leader of the Proud, of Proud Boys sentenced to 22 years in January 6th sedition case. Uh, Enrique Tario, the former leader of the Proud Boys, was sentenced on Tuesday to 22 years in prison for the central role he played in organizing a gang of pro-Trump followers to attack the Capitol on January 6th, 2021 and stop the peaceful transfer of presidential power. Very um, pointedly, wasn't present, wasn't there on January 6th. Remember. Was in Maryland, I believe. He had gotten arrested. Yeah, no, he's a fed. Could be, yes. Okay. Tell, yeah, he's not serving these twenty-two years. Jail's hundred percent. So a lot of this goes back to the idea that this guy, who you know, if you were one of the parents who was, I mean, this is all online brain, uh, fucking chapo type shit, right? But like, in practical terms, if you're a normal human being and you wanted to go down to uh, the Miami Dade school board meeting last year, the year prior to that, and make a case for, for example, LGBTQ History Month. Um, you were met with, specifically with Enrique Tario and a bunch of his fucking goons who, if they caught a whiff of liberal or a whiff of progressivism or, or a whiff of a rainbow flag on you, would physically and verbally harass you, right? So that is a practical, real effect. And it'd be nice to say, well, this asshole's going to prison. But guess what? On Wednesday... Those same motherfuckers, other than Tario, were still outside of MDCPS. And it it has metastasized. This, like, evil, this cancer, this shittiness that we're talking about, I don't think it matters anymore that one guy's going to prison for a year or 22 years. Well, you know, I mean, as, as you know, people, including myself, have chronicled, like, the, the comings and goings of, like, different right-wing groups in Miami-Dade, like... He has been disavowed by a huge contingent of yeah. these like far right, you know, proud boys, you know. And there was a fracture too between yeah. the guy in Texas yeah. and him. Exactly. They both claimed leadership. At one. But if I remember, the, the proud boys in Miami um, divided into two groups. I think it's Vice City, Vice City proud boys yeah. and the other group. Yeah. And one of the groups, correctly in my opinion, doesn't like him because he's a Fed because he collaborated with the Feds. And his own lawyer said during his trial that like, hey. Uh, our, our our client actually has a history, colla- of, cooperation. Has a history of collaboration with federal law law authorities, federal law enforcement. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that, all that goes back to like a 2013, 2014 case before anybody knew who this guy yeah, was yeah. when he was just a small time like Medicaid scammer. Yeah. He was just like selling fake equi- fake Medicaid equipment for a markup or yeah, some shit yeah. and got busted. And that's when he started. I mean, like the whole time that this guy has been a media figure, he's been fed on the totally yeah. <laughs> but going back to, to the main point it's like yeah like he, he hasn't been like the, the leader of a large contingent of these dumbasses for a little bit you know what right. i mean so yeah i mean it's you know it's you guys do but uh much of those people in this community what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode bunch of people in this community that have always been there go read john didion's miami when like you know, right-wing elements in the city were firebombing, you know, like right. uh, left, you know, opposition and, you know, left activists and, and publications. Embassies and shit. Yeah. Straight up ter- actual terrorism. It, that violence has always been part of this community. And, you know, now it's just resurfaced after it just sort of like was like, I think you would agree it was like dying down a little bit or calming down. It's just resurfaced. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with Tomas's analysis of how the, would-be uh, paramilitary groups uh, probably feel about him, and that he's probably a non-entity to them. 
among the couch addicted memoirs uh, who watch Newsmax, he is being framed as like their Chelsea Manning, as the truth, the truth teller who was willing to go to jail, basically. Um, so the reason I, the reason I say eighteen months tops is they are already trying to make it that a pardon for Enrique Tarrio should be a day one post inauguration priority for Donald Trump um, because Enrique did nothing ex- wrong except try to expose. Uh, the real crime, which is to steal, and is much maligned and lied about, and uh, as big a victim as his uh, men, men, Medicaid fraud victims, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say it's funny you say that, Jerry, because Enrique Tadio was the first guy that I saw, at least, to uh, yeah, go for it. The first guy that I know of who um, capitalized and monetized the Proud Boys stand back. What was what was the phrase? Stand, stand back, back and stand, stand ready. By. Or, stand by. Yeah. Stand back and stand by. Who, He's yeah. going to be standing by for 22 years if Trump doesn't right. win. So, <laughs> um, do you think that that's the kind of thing that's like forgotten? If you know, by the time of 2028, like a, a I don't know, a, a, a Republican generic Republican gets into office in 2028 is in releasing Enrique Tarios like a thing that anybody even has on their mind by then. I don't know. That's too far into it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, bro, I'm just trying to plan my move, man. I'm just trying to get the fucking movie plans to the future, baby. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, so, okay. We talked a little bit about the heavy proud boy and mom for moms for Liberty presence. By the way, that's one thing I wanted to talk about here. When we talk about the sort of masculine side of mm-hmm. this, toxicity and this Enrique Tarioism, this proud boyism that's taken hold here. There's a feminine side to it um, as well. And that's the mom for Liberty, which is the moms for Liberty group, which has, I don't know if they're founded here, but they definitely have deep roots. here. That's right. Jen, our uh, friend of the show, Jen Cousins helped us. uh, In Brevard County, County, I believe. Yeah. So this comes from CBS news. This is talking about that aforementioned, um, uh, LGBTQ. Sorry, I believe the the lore is that Jennifer Jenkins, the Brevard school member, uh, knocked out of office the founder, one of the founders mm-hmm. of Moms for Liberty, who was a school a far right school board member at the time, and you know she went and founded Moms for Liberty. That's right, sort of like, as a sort of reaction. Yeah. It was like a reactionary yeah. thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, so this is, comes from CBS News after a contentious debate, uh, which started Wednesday afternoon and lasted well into the wee hours of Thursday morning. The Miami-Dade School Board reached a decision on whether to recognize October as LGBTQ plus history month in a vote of five to three. It was decided not to recognize it. I don't know if they mentioned it further in the story, but uh, Maritere Rojas, my district representative, my district uh, whatever, school board member, member, uh, was the, in in many cases, she is the the, the deciding vote on these things. And she was the deciding vote because um, she's not an automatic right or left vote or like whatever, like ideologically driven. She's more... I don't know. I don't know how you would describe her. Sort of like a go goes with the wind. Yeah, goes with the wind. One of these sort of like a co- like a cocktail politician. Like she's yep. more there for the galas and, and the pomp and circumstance type of person. Yep. Um, so she was the deciding vote. Uh, one supporter of the measure talked about the suicide rates being high among trans kids. Again, like to Tomas's point at the beginning of the episode, this is just shit that we don't care about as people anymore. Apparently, here in Miami, like or in Florida generally, like if if there's a I saw people saying like, well, what is this going to teach kids? Like how are kids going to, what do they need to know? And it's like, are they, you know, is this going to help them get jobs? And it's like, 
can some things just not be about that? Does, yeah, can, right. can it just be about being a fully real, well-rounded but person that, that who's is, tolerant and that, good? That is like a byproduct of a like hyper-capitalist dystopian society where everything yeah. has to be, again, what you said, like product, product, yeah. product, produce, produce. It's like, bro, like, can people just like think and like learn and like learn about life and history and their fellow human beings? But like, that's just not valued. Yeah. How do I commodify that? And, and it's especially sad because, you know, now we're living in an age of labor automation, yeah. you know, and even AI, you know, and we could actually work towards a future where like a lot of like labor and productivity needs are not met by like human labor. And we could actually free ourselves from like yeah. those, you know, like, again, labor needs, but instead we are just chaining ourselves down to this, like, you know, scarcity, you know, produce profit driven you know economic models and you know instead in ter- instead of just like enlightening ourselves we're becoming more stupid and hateful gerald, gerald how much of this is like do you think is comes from a place of anti-trans agenda versus just like an anti-humanist agenda where it's like and like we just don't be just be like domas alluded to like automatons that fit into a work profile and that's it don't even be human. Let's not even teach that part of the experience of life, being a human I, being. I'm not even trying to be crass. Like, I think the anti-trans thing is just them trying to see how much gas is left in their tank. Like, okay, we lost the L's, the G's, and the B's. Do we have even enough for the T's? And if the answer is no, God, what do we move on to? Um, those are the easiest ones to pick I, on. I, I would not be shocked if, if, first of all, if and when this gets defeated and I do think it will in by the end of this decade anyone who participated in it will uh, uh, say that they never cared that much you're bringing up old shit um, you need to let people change wash their hands of it because you know defeat is an orphan and victory has why you why, why you bringing up old shit yeah they I'm I could see them pivoting towards like transhumanism as the next culture war thing like a hey, George George Soros is trying to turn you into a robot to control you I could see that I could 100% see that where like biomedicine AI because like, it's very ambiguous we we kind of see threads but we don't know how they're all going to come together with like machine learning with um, self-driving cars, with biomedicine, and, and, you know. Yeah. And there's a lot of great, poten- like to Tomas's point, there's a great amount of potential for all of this to help us li- live better lives than we're living today. There's also a lot, because of the, you know, the structure of society, it's also probably just going to be used to wring as much productivity from us as possible. In other words, the, the, the song will go on. It's just going to shift key. You know, I, I, I don't see I don't see them getting off this track until the society is, is uh, I guess, transformed. And who knows when that's going to be? I would have like taken issue with what you're saying before this, like most recent five. What has it been like five or six years? This run of like continual next big thing fucking grips from I don't know, from like. Uh, I don't know if you guys were in the workforce when this shit started going around yet because I'm a little older than you guys, but like web 2.0 was like this thing, web 2.0, web 2.0. And they were trying to sell that as like a suite of products and identity, like to tap yourself in as Mr. Fucking web 2.0 or whatever. I remember. Yeah. And then it would be, and then the next thing was like, you know, obviously crypto and AI. And there's been like a million other felt self-driving shit, like all automation, you know, all these things that we were told were, 
kind of dangerous, but also cool. And we're going to free us up. And mostly things are just like a little shittier and more expensive. Like, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's going to be great. Uh, You know, meanwhile, there's 30,000 writers on picket lines today. And they can't figure out, like, licensing agreements for content. So you have to pay for, like, a million fucking streaming services. Anything you want to watch after you've watched, like, the 10 things that you wanted to watch. It's hell. This is so much better. Yeah, like, it's terrible. Like, fuck. (laughs) Oh, the... um, we mentioned the uh, Moms for Liberty, and I have them here in the notes calling them um, the Proud Girls because uh, that's kind of the way that I think of them. But it, lest you think that this is some marginalized fringe group based on the way that Tomas and I were talking about them a moment ago. Um, this from Politico. DeSantis names Mom, Moms for Liberty co-founder to Florida ethics panel. Great place for these kind of people on an ethics panel. Governor Ron DeSantis on Wednesday appointed uh, Tina Deskovich. Uh, which, by the way, I have a, a sitting ethics complaint right now under that border. Oh, it's Francis probably going to get ushered yeah. right to the top of the pile. Well, they yeah. hate Francis. So actually, oh, actually, yeah, that's true. It's a Francis. A, yeah. He's a rhino. Yeah. So you know, Do we want to tell people what that is? Because if what? people don't follow you on Twitter, they might not know that that you filed that. Oh yeah, I, I filed an ethics complaint against Francis for accepting two uh, Miami Mayor tickets. Francis was, yeah, so. Miami Mayor Grifter Ponce Posadita <laughs> accepting uh, two tickets worth thirty thousand uh, dollars to watch uh, Formula One in the VIP booths, and they were from Ken Griffin, the CEO of of of, Cap, of Citadel, Citadel, who has three uh, luxury uh, development projects before City of Miami and. State law is very clear. You cannot accept anything past $100 if you're a public official in municipal government from an entity or person who has business before that municipal government. So he clearly violated the law, like broke the yeah. law and like should be indicted, honestly, and criminally prosecuted. So we'll see where it goes. It's under this ethics board that has David. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tina Deskovich. Uh, the move gives the uh, Republican governor a staunch GOP alley on the panel responsible for weighing complaints against uh, public officials in the state, which recently saw one member, uh, one, it says remember, I think it means member, resign after a conflict of interest violation. So I don't know, man, I, it, these, these, this Moms for Liberty side of things, which are, like I say, they're, they're equally nasty in tone and like reactionary in, in uh, position. And, um, you know, it's not like they're being marginalized in the way that some of these other groups are getting marginalized, at least in the, like, in the broader discourse, like Jerry, outside of Florida, it's in like in New York, like it's not cool to be like, oh, proud boy or whatever. Like it's not like, oh, these guys are valid equals that deserve to but be. People, people get like, like I've seen proud boys get like straight up like physically like assaulted by like New Yorkers and shit. Like when they go like bully like trans people or trans. That's events. why Jerry's been getting jacked. Yeah, Is that well, yeah. Yeah. we we had a pretty semi-active chapter of the Patriot Front not far from here. Um, well, they would mostly just like put their bumper stickers on people's cars during like shopping plazas and be asked to leave. Like they were just very embarrassed. If they ever met a Miami Proud Boy, it would be like, like, uh, like you, you're in Skyrim and you're level ten, and you accidentally wandered into the level thirty five enemy territory. <laughs> like you're like outmatched, outclassed. Like go, go level up, go skill up, and then come back. 
they would have no way of, of uh, if it ever did come to blows between New York and Miami, Miami would have New York uh, outclassed and outmatched. And call, call us up. Call us up when you are so good at this that you have your family doing the grift for you while you're facing 22 years. Oh, yes. Which was the other thing I wanted to mention about Dario is his family. You have your begging for that cash, baby. I'd be so embarrassed. It's like, no. No. Um, so on the on to like kind of wrap this up the the topic of like marginalized really horrible goons and i want to put this in the bucket of shit that i kind of don't know what to do with which was if you've seen it again if you're <laughs> online um like we are you've seen that uh video show the, the video shows over the weekend just this weekend that passed um neo-nazis marching in florida this is not new uh chance of we are everywhere that's not new either what was new this time was that journal intrepid journalist <laughs> so they say they're everywhere they say they're everywhere acquaintance uh from a previous a previous ron DeSantis uh themed event um <laughs> uh, laura loomer who this is defamatory yeah this is a person who is like a, a, a right-wing maniac in her own right but um who is a Jewish woman and was uh, confronting these, this group of neo-Nazis on the, on a bridge in um, was it Altamont Springs, Altamont Springs, yeah. and uh, which is up in central Florida and was getting called all manner of slurs and, and uh, anti-Semitic uh, names and things like that. Um, I got like, this is horrible. It's terrible. It's, it's bad that they're here. I've, I've joked before about how I kind of have a little bit of in, inside information that these guys are in Wildwood, mostly live in Wildwood, um, Florida. If you ever want to drive through there with, I don't know, your music blaring or something, but like all this feels very fucking psyopy and I hate getting like that. You know, I hate being like Mr. Conspiracy theory, but I, t- I was talking with you guys about how Laura Loomer who calls herself a journalist, but hasn't really ever shown herself to have any journalistic chops was able to get, um, body cam footage on a holiday weekend uh, of one of these guys months ago um, and use that to, you can go check out Lord Loomer's fucking deranged Twitter uh, feed if you want to, but that that she was able to connect these dots and, and, and kind of try to say like, oh, this is actually the FBI and the CIA that is organizing these guys. Um, Why? Uh, well, okay. I'm a pretty anti-FBI and CIA. <laughs> I'm not a fan. There it is. Why? I'm going to ask what she's posted on her Twitter. I don't. It's all covered with her, like, Instagram handle. Like, it's her, her, her watermark. Her watermark. Like, her watermark. Can she you, like, everything you like. Can you put on the video version of this? Unreadable. Because it's so tiny, and I don't want to read this because I don't care This that is much. so insane. But it's her, like, her watermark with her Twitter handle is all over it making it unreadable um all right God, and, and and just look at, look at the level. size of the tweet look at how long the tweet yeah. is and just yeah because she's got like twitter premium or whatever it's called this speaks to like the level of cloud chasing oh look in politics i, I engage in my own level of cloud chasing i'm not gonna lie you know but like <laughs> this is ridiculous like <laughs> just the level of cloud chasing in these watermarks is insane she's so just like the the most the most terrifying guy um, there looking terrifying looking guy was a guy named um, Boneface. And so okay. Laura Loomer tweets that she says, I've obtained new evidence of the feds manipulating a, uh, April 1st, 2022 police arrest report for Boneface for Kent McClellan uh, in Pensacola, Florida, 15 minutes away from the information warfare training command uh, quarry station. I, 
don't know what that is, but I assume I literally was going to ask you that. I think it's like some sort of FBI training facility. So like this guy was commuting, presumably, mm-hmm. but I think it are the lines that she's trying to draw here that he was commuting from this, well, this, this place. And, um, inconspicuously because <laughs> really can't tell them apart from a crowd. Literally the, 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 it's, it's very weird. The footage that she had that I saw, at least you don't see the guy, you hear his voice in the background. Again, this is like uh, selectively edited body cam footage that, I mean, like a good journalist who's familiar with FOIA requests and is familiar with public records law would probably have some, it would take a little bit of time for them to coordinating. This was within hours that she was able to, that she was able to get her hands on this footage. So I don't know what to believe about this. I, I think it was what would really perk my ears up is, um, is somebody interviewing a different guy, the head of this, this, this organization. Uh, he said, actually I'm pro Joe Biden because Donald Trump, um, is, uh, you know, is, is pro Yeah, oh, Because Joe Biden sending uh, missiles to Ukraine. To Ukraine. Exactly. Yeah. So he was saying he was kidding on the sly, but also knowing like, Hey, I'm going to be quoted as the Nazi that's pro Joe Biden. So yeah. like, it's he just, knew how these, to work, he knew how to work, knew how to work it. Yeah. He knew how to work yeah. the media literacy. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's, uh, these guys represent, I should mention the, 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 the organizations they represent the Goyim defense league and, um, you know, just like neo-Nazis everywhere. And I, I don't know. I was also struck by the, their, their tagline that they were chanting, which is, we are everywhere, which more and more I'm starting to think is true. Like they're, they're fucking everywhere, man. Yeah. Not in New York. <laughs> uh, no, there's not. <laughs> there's, there's, there's far. Yeah. In fact, next episode, we should do a, 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 a reading series or whatever on this article I wrote today. I read today about a Peter Thiel funded effort to basically have libertarians uh, build their own cities. And it's not going anywhere, but it's basically just like manifested itself into just like a bunch of like libertarian, like Nazi occult, like wannabe types in New York. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, I want to read that. You have to send it to me. Like horrible and disgusting, but also kind of funny because they're such like loser nerds. Yeah, that, yeah, we 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 have to. Yeah, well, they so, be the next episode. <laughs> his whole thing is he's given up on trying to elect Blake Masters to the Senate, so he's gonna make he's gonna become Andrew Ryan from Bioshock. Like, what? <laughs> it's like after it's like all these fucking nerds that like Red Ring, right. you know, like Atlas Shrugged, and they're like they want to build that like on. You sold. You sold me. I I do want this to be the next one. You've you like, sold me. Yes, I mean there was like a Chapo Trap House episode about this. About this, like it was like an article about they tried to build like a libertarian on club and like somewhere in the Midwest, and yeah, it got yeah. like mauled, overrun like, by, ma- yeah, by bears. Yeah, yeah, they all got like mauled by bears because there was like no trash pickup. Municipal services, so like trash was overflowing, and a bunch of bears came into this like libertarian town and just fucked everything up. Yeah, that, that, that town is still <laughs> fucked. It's not a metaphor. I, I don't know what it is. Based bears, like cool bears. Yeah. Uh, the thing about that I've noticed is that uh, throughout Latin America, um, all of the nations of Latin America seem to be polarizing towards one of those two air. Like either they're going leftist. Or they're going libertarian. Yeah, like, like my like, home country. Like, it's so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> I, I think it's it's not that. I think ten percent of his votes libertarian, and the rest are just people are just like angry and throwing a grenade at the system. But it's like really bad what's happening in Argentina. And we actually should also talk about that next episode. So stay stay tuned. Next stay episode's tuned, gonna be good. And since Gerald has officially hit his um oh, his yeah, limit yeah. Of, of um of video game references for one episode, we uh. <laughs> We'll call it quits. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.